0: Welcome to The Leader's Notebook with Dr. Mark Rutland. Dr. Rutland is a world-renowned leadership expert. He is a New York Times best-selling author, and he has served as the president of two universities. The Leader's Notebook is brought to you by Global Servants. For more information about Global Servants, please visit our website, globalservants.org. Here is your host, Dr. Mark Rutland. Welcome to The Leader's Notebook. I'm Mark Rutland, and I'm so glad that you've joined for today's episode. It's something a little bit different than what I've been doing, and I hope that you'll enjoy it. I want to talk to you today about two different kinds of growth. It's not that one is good and one is bad. It's just two different approaches to organizational growth. And that can be in a chain of hardware stores or it can be in a church. But I'm going to talk to you about organic growth versus engineered growth. In the food industry, of course, this is a huge debate. Do we bioengineer corn so we get more kernels per cob and more cobs per plant and more plants per acre? Or do we stick with organic growth and letting it happen as it is, no pesticides, et cetera, et cetera? I'm not choosing a side in all that. I'm just saying that there are qualities, strengths, and weaknesses Of both sides. In church growth uh, and in organizational growth, the differentiation between organic and engineered is not such an easy answer. For example, dealing with food, there are people that are absolutely radical. I won't eat anything that's engineered. I won't touch anything that's had pesticide. I won't, all that. That's fine, but that seems like an easier answer. But then there are other people, the farmer, for example, he says, yeah, that's all fine for you to say that, but I can make 10 times as much money on the same acreage. But in the food industry, it's a little more of a pat answer, depending on where you stand. In organizational growth, it's not quite that easy. So let's contrast organic growth versus what I'm calling engineered growth or designed growth might be a better word. But let's use organic versus engineered. The first and simplest contrast between the two is that one is faster and one is inherently slower. So organic growth will be slower. That is allowing the organization, the community, whatever it is, to grow sort of at its own pace. There's not a designed systems to increase growth, that the systems are designed for health interior and therefore growth happens sort of as it happens. With engineered growth, everything is focused on growth. The systems are there. The systems are strong and well-designed, but they are designed not with interior health in mind so much, but with outside growth extra community growth, if you will. That kind of growth will almost always be faster. The second contrast between the two is that designed growth, engineered growth, highly focused going after growth. We're going to increase our number of franchises from three to five and from five to 20 and from 20 to 40. There will almost always be an inherent level of chaos. The faster you grow, the faster you increase, there's new elements, new systems, new people, new employees, new volunteers. And that newness, as fun and exciting as it is, also introduces a level of chaos, which is unavoidable, not bad. It's just that it's real. And before you start moving your company or your organization or your church toward high octane, focused, designed growth. You must know what is your chaos tolerance level. How much can you deal with this? With organic growth, it's much more controlled because it's usually happening more slowly. You can add new elements in with less disturbance. There's less destabilization because the growth is slower, more manageable, and more controlled. That doesn't mean it's better. Community growth is the same thing. A community increases a hundred houses, 200 houses, 500 houses. There are some pluses to that. The tax base, the, the uh, county commissioners will tell you the tax base is serious and it's growth. But there's also chaos that goes with it. What about all of the, the systems, the roads, the plumbing, the lights? All of that is destabilized. More controlled, organic growth, the community grows at its own pace, but it may be out-distanced quickly by other towns. It's more controlled, more stable. They only have to add one cop and one extra fire truck, but it's also slow in increasing the tax base. So it's not a matter of right or wrong or good or bad. It is knowing which one you have a tolerance for. Now, when we begin to talk about more inside variances, differences, contrasts between organic growth and engineered growth, then it begins to feel a little bit different. Organic growth will usually be more intimate because you're adding to the relationship at a slower time. You have a family and they add one baby. That baby is entered into a more intimate family environment. You have a family and they add an orphanage, it's not as intimate. It can become more impersonal. It can be more about just trying to figure out where to get everybody, how many chairs. How many cashiers do we have to have? Suddenly, that personal intimate level that you had at a smaller store is gone when you begin to have a Kmart, and then when you begin to have 50 Kmarts, and then you begin to have 500 Kmarts. So there are some other issues that can arise in the contrast between these. The downside or a potential downside for contemporary, let's take particularly a church, in church growth. People nowadays expect higher level of services, children's ministry, youth ministry, excellent nursery, excellent music, excellent uh, sound systems, all that. They tend to want higher, better, more options in terms of services available. And that's also true in business. I don't want to buy a Cadillac from a dealership that doesn't have a service department. I expect that. But when you begin to build those systems and services in order to accommodate engineered, high-octane, fast growth, you may lose the interior sense of community. You may have volunteers that work at one level that have no clue of how many levels there are or who works at those other levels. Now, let's talk about what that can mean. A closer community can be more intimate, more fellowship oriented, but the challenge is it can be more resistant to newcomers. It can, in a sense, be actually harder for new people to penetrate because there's five of us. We all know each other. We all know the background. We all know the the secret jokes. Uh, We all know that Bob... Is a terrible driver, but the newcomer who comes doesn't know who Bob is and he didn't know the joke about his driving. So sometimes that closer knit, more intimate community can actually be more resistant to newcomers. But with the better services, higher octane, the challenge there, the sense of community, of communion, of fellowship, may actually become a moot point. That is to say, that many of the newcomers may not even be there for community. They're there for Sunday morning. They want to check the kids in at the children's ministry and the nursery and go to church and leave. And they may not ever really build a sense of relationship and fellowship there. So the challenge for the fast-growing, highly engineered growth is that somehow they must create and find systems for community. For the smaller or slower growing organic growth church or organization, what they must concentrate on is making that sense of intimacy porous and not resistant. Now, here's a different contrast, and that is that there are dueling temptations. The temptation for the organic growth can be rigidity to new systems, new ideas, new people, new sense of community, change. The organic community can say, we just want corn to look like corn. We don't want it to be any different ever. So as a result of that, anything creative, so corn that looks different, corn that's a different color, I don't want purple corn. I'm not going to eat purple corn. We've always had yellow corn. I'm not eating it. But there may be uses for purple corn, i.e. purple chips, which I happen to like. But if I'm rigid in my resistance to newness, I may actually miss opportunities for growth and creativity, even in the organic sense. The temptation for the highly engineered growth, fast, focused, engineered growth, can be compromised. In other words, I can get to the place where growth becomes more important than the quality of my product. I don't care how good my hamburgers are. I only care that I sell a thousand more today than I sold yesterday. The same can happen in a church. It can just begin to say, I'm not even worried about the depth of my message, the sincerity of my content. It's only about growth. So the temptation for engineered growth, for dedicated, designed, intense growth can be compromised. If growth becomes the point, I can begin to say, I'll do anything it takes. Say anything it takes, not say anything that stands in the way of growth. For the organic team, their challenge can be resistance and rigidity. Both can lose something. Both have potential losses. For engineered growth, they can forget the point. They can easily become slaves of fad, competitive. They simply look at other fast-growing companies more hamburger chains, what are they doing? How are they advertising? Churches that are in our circle, what are they doing? And I, I simply do what they do. This is the odd irony. Instead of becoming more creative, I actually become less creative. I don't have to think of anything new for my church or organization or company. All I have to do is keep my finger on the pulse of what everybody else is doing and do that. It can make numbers, the whole thing, which can feed ego and pride. Now, the organic team also can lose something. Slow growth can feed discouragement. It's a kind of reverse ego, not ego and pride in how fast I'm growing, but wounded ego and pride in how slowly I'm growing compared to everyone else. Another thing that can be lost is the loss of excellence. Because I'm not focused intensely and on engineered growth, I may not do what I do at my level as well as I could. It can have an emotional damage too. I can become angry and envious because I confuse slow growth with no growth. Remember, slow, organic growth is growth, and it may very well be healthy growth with excellence and with community. Fast growth is not necessarily healthier or better growth. It's a different kind of growth, a different speed, a different velocity, and it will require different things to keep it from becoming dysfunctional, emotionally, and spiritually. The deal here is that there's not a right answer. The answer is which do you want which can you live with? Which of these fits your most profound leadership and or ministry priorities? Recognize the potential downsides of the one that you choose and fight them. The organic growth organization must develop systems of healthy growth, letting new growth happen as it does. While concentrating on excellence, slower organic growth may mean smaller numbers, but it needn't mean shoddiness. Work to make your community as accessible and hospitable to newcomers as possible. Put your fear at the foot of the cross. Your fear that other people are growing faster. Your fear that you're not doing as well as you should. You have to put your fear at the foot of the cross. For the person that has committed themselves to the pathway of high-octane, rapid, engineered, designed growth, you must work on the depth of your content. If it's ministry, what is the depth of your ministry? You must steer yourself away from superficiality in order to be all things to all men. You have to find your own style and methods rather than just being a slave to fashion and put your ego at the foot of the cross. Watch for signs of egotism. Anger, frustration, using people around you are the signs of egotism. Where the organic leader must put his or her fear at the foot of the cross. The engineered or, or designed leader for growth must put their ego and pride and competitiveness at the foot of the cross. Well, there it is. That's the contrast. And it is, uh, it is one of those questions where people say, which one is right? Which one's better? There isn't a right and better. So somebody says, where can I buy the best hamburger in town? Well, we can't define hamburger. We have to define best. Does best mean bigger? Does best mean with the, with the best kind of... Uh, Lettuce and tomato and sauce and pickles, is that—is that what makes one best? Is best defined by how much it costs. There are some people that don't even know if a hamburger is good unless they had to pay $15 for it. Then they say, oh, that must be the best hamburger in the world. Others want the hamburger to taste just like the one they grilled in their backyard. So before you can decide which is the best system of growth for your organization, company, or church, first of all, you have to decide what is best. What does best mean? Then remember that what is best for you is not best for anybody else. We cannot live in judgment and condemnation on others. Those who are growing faster are not necessarily compromised, bad people that are willing to do anything to get growth. And those that are growing more slowly than you are may not be the dullards that you think they are. They may have simply chosen a different system. Whether you want to eat organic vegetables or that which is bioengineered, whatever that means, it's a trade-off. And you have to decide in leadership and management which one works for you. And which outcome is the one you can live with? Hope this has been useful for you. Thank you for joining The Leader's Notebook. I hope that you'll join me. A new episode posted every Tuesday. Thank you and God bless you. You've been listening to The Leader's Notebook with Dr. Mark Rutland. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review today's podcast. You can follow Dr. Rutland on Twitter at DrMarkRutland or visit his website, DrMarkRutland.com. Join us next week for another episode of The Leader's Notebook.